0: Welcome to the Tech Talk Show, an hour of news, views, and discussion. Well, welcome to the show, and joining me is James. Hi, James, how are you doing? Hi, Steve. Good to see you, mate. Great, great to see you on the show. And uh, today, we've got Ian Robb. Now, Ian is from Reputation Builder. Welcome, Ian. Hi, Steve. Hi, and we've got our irony, Logan, who's from P Poddicity. Hi there. How are you doing? Well, welcome to the show. And also Jeremy King. And Jeremy's from Attest.
1: Yep, Attest. Attest. Thank Attest. You. <laughs>
0: it's a bit like this is a test. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know we have some of the weirdest names, and I have to try and pronounce all of them, you know, especially when people have got apps or something like that. It can be, can be really difficult. So uh, welcome to everybody to the show. Um, we're going to start off with our tech hero, Ian. So tell us a little bit about Reputation Builder. Tell us what it is and, and the services that you supply.
2: Okay, yeah, Reputation Builder. We're a um, an online web app for small businesses to manage their, monitor their online reputation. Um, so we work with a variety of industries um, and they can monitor their reviews online. So we put in all their reviews from the many different review sites. They can generate customer feedback um, so they can get feedback from their customers' before they leave a review. Um, so if a customer is gonna say something negative, they can actually put that right before the customer then leaves a review somewhere public. Um, and then we also offer another a number of analytical tools that allow them to run, for example, sentiment analysis, so they can pick out the positives and the negatives. Um, so, for example, you may get a review that, that contains both positives and negatives, but if you're looking just at the star rating, you might just think it's positive. Right. So what our software does is actually picks out any negatives in there as well. So it might be that they've had a great meal at a restaurant, but the service was a bit rubbish, and our app can pull that out and, and tell them. So, so that automatically take that out of the... Yeah, yeah so we can actually pull out the keywords and say whether it's positive or negative. Okay. And, and
0: reputation is so important to companies now, isn't it? I mean, I don't know about the other guests, but whenever I look to go to a restaurant, probably, or, or even buy something, the first thing I go to is the ratings.
2: Yeah, and that's just it. And I think... There's still a lot of companies out there and businesses that don't really do anything about it. And like you say, if you're a restaurant or even a hotel, you're going people are looking at the reviews before they actually go and stay there or eat there. So the idea is actually giving those businesses the chance to actually find where those reviews are, do something about them, and actually generate more positive reviews.
0: Because it can be because there are, are so many different review avenues. It can be virtually impossible to try and keep up with it yourself, can't it?
2: Yeah, and, and I think what a lot of companies find is that they don't even know they've got some reviews because they'll have it on a site that they didn't even know they had a, a profile on. Right. Um, so a lot of sites will use just generic business data to create a profile. Um, and they could have reviews on there they didn't even know about. So again, our software can find that for them um, and show them where, they're, where they've where they got their reviews.
0: So the software is you know developed in terms of looking at keyword, I assume it's, it's some sort of?
2: Yeah, so, that, so the, the the main part of the software is pulling in the reviews so they can actually see all of the reviews and the star rating. And okay. again, get that data so they can see across the internet what their average rating is. Right. Um, and then it's then delving into the reviews to, to pull out the keywords and pull out the data to, so they can see.
0: So how does it know that it's the company? So because it may be a product or it may be how does it actually know that that product is associated with that company? So
2: most of the businesses we work with are would have a local presence. So it could be a okay. restaurant or right. a, um, a shop or a hairdresser. Um, so we're finding their online profiles based on their business address, their phone number. Right. Um, so we'll find all their profiles on all different review sites. And then once they've been linked, we can then pull the reviews in for each of those sites. Mm.
0: And how's it presented so what would you just give individual review details or a general yes yeah, so summary? it's like
2: an online dashboard that they can log into um, they can get the overview so they can see what their average rating is but then they can delve further in and read the reviews um, and again read positives and negatives as well
0: so what do you recommend so say I'm providing a you know I'm a restaurant or a hotel or something and I've had some dodgy reviews what would you recommend that I do with that
2: well a lot of it is how you respond and how you actually react to it because a lot of restaurants i mean we've seen a lot of reviews that that the responses aren't great and and you get a lot of where they'll almost sort of bite back at the customer and you think no you can't do that the customer's always right is the saying and and it is a case of you've got to go back and try and put it right for that customer um and i think a lot of what we're trying to do is actually educate them in the best way to deal with a review so if a negative review comes in then you've got to actually use that negative because there's something in there that's perhaps not going right. So whether it's the service, whether it's something to do with the food. And if you're getting a number of reviews saying the same thing, then rather than sort of going back and going, oh, there's nothing wrong. and It's, it's actually, yeah, there is something wrong and we can put that right, which will then stop those negative reviews coming in. And in fact, can then get positive reviews coming in. So yeah. it's using the negatives to actually show put, that put you're doing something right it. yeah that, that every business has something that perhaps doesn't work properly or isn't quite right and it's using the feedback that you get from your customers to actually put that right um is is the key to obviously getting better reviews and actually getting more customers in the door
0: and do re, uh, do reviews reflect on where you sit in terms of search engine levels they do it, yeah uh, right? um
2: they play b- quite a big part in the local search so if someone's searching for a restaurant locally to you um the reviews play a big part in actually google telling whether whether you've got a good reputation or not so google's recommending you um based on based your... on yeah based on your reputation so google's not going to re- uh, recommend a restaurant that's only got a one star rating because right. the chances are the customer will go and eat there have a bad meal and then not think I'm not going to use google again to find me a restaurant so google google are actually re- recommending restaurants that that other people are recommending which using reviews is the best way for it to do that. Yeah.
0: Do you use reviews, James?
3: Yeah, especially for for restaurants. If you're in a new city on holiday, you've got Uber and things like that for for travel. But in terms of restaurants, rather than using an old sort of
0: travel guide, yeah, Google is is the sort of first stop for that. See, I would always use TripAdvisor. Yeah, TripAdvisor. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, would you? Yeah, same
1: here. Yeah, I would. Um, I often ask friends for recommendations on Facebook. It seems to work quite well. Yeah, Um, yeah. See if that checks against TripAdvisor, but big gap out there, I think.
0: And if someone has got a a shocking review that's going to put them right down on local search, how do they repair almost repair that? What what do you
2: one negative review isn't necessarily going to affect you too much, depending on your other reviews? And it's a case of if you've got three reviews and one of them's negative, it's going to have an effect, but if you've got a hundred reviews and only one of them's negative it's not going to have so much weight in that so again it's about getting more reviews from your customers so asking for reviews and also putting things right so that when customers do review they're good reviews and not and not negative ones
0: now we know people deliberately negatively review the competition sometimes yes
2: and and again there's not really much that can be done about that other than just responding it to it as you would another customer right Um, because a lot of the time if you go on a review site and you read a negative review but then you read the response that the restaurant or the company's given um and they've they've done their best to put it right quite often that can psychologically actually turn it around in your head as well and you might think well okay they've had a bad review but they've tried their best to put it right and and sometimes that can even turn that into a positive when people are actually reading through the reviews as well.
0: Okay, so how does your uh, solution work? Is it an app or is it a website? It's all plugin? it's all
2: web based, um, okay. but it can be used on a mobile, on a tablet. It's it's sort of cross platform, um, and it's just yeah, login online, web dashboard, and they can actually view everything in one place.
0: And then they can see what's coming in from every, every all sources, or are there a limited number of There's, sources? There's
2: we, we currently pull in from. About twenty review sites, but we're adding to that all the time. So right. again, sometimes we get asked to add review sites by customers, and that's when we'll we'll try and add more as well. Um, right. So it's continually growing and continually evolving.
0: Okay. Now I know you're on uh, arena You're on the uh, uh, App Store, aren't you? So uh, yes, again, because uh, in fact I've downloaded it today. Have you you're fantastic? Up, yeah. Um, you obviously get reviews on there, do you?
4: Um. Do you know? What I was going to say to you: Do you have a way of advising people to get your customers to give reviews? Because I'm constantly, I find myself in a position where I'm constantly chasing people and saying, "Hey, you've downloaded it, you yeah. love it. Please, can you just spend I'll give me a review minutes? if you like? Yeah, would you? Yeah, of course thank I will, yeah. you. That's perfect. You might be. Are you at first? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I'll use it first. Yeah.
4: Um, yeah, the the app is on the App Store. It's Augmentify it, but it's designed to be used with specially augmentified that's right, products. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So the products are on Amazon, the first product is on Amazon. And on Amazon, it's it's getting a bit easier to ask people to give reviews, but with the App Store, I'm finding it a little bit more more tricky True. for people to go in.
2: Yeah, see, I mean, what we do with the businesses we work with is we've got a, a part of our dashboard where they can actually send out Email notifications to their customers to ask for reviews. So, um, again, a lot of the time, it's it's the more people you ask, the more reviews you'll get back. I mean, the response rate is never particularly high, but obviously, the more you ask, the more you'll get back. What sort of response rate right. do you see um, from emails? You're looking probably a fifteen percent response rate. Really? um to 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 a, a note yeah notification. So yeah. we've talked about
3: restaurants and hotels using this uh, tool. And what other sort of businesses um, could it? It's any
2: business really with a local presence. So any business that that you're searching for online locally. Um, So it could be a hairdresser. uh, It could be a builder even. Um, I mean, we've got a variety of industries using our platform. Okay. Um, So any business that that someone will be searching for on Google locally.
0: Yeah. So uh, a lot of people don't know about the local search on Google as well, don't they? So tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. So obviously the way Google's changing over the years is that it tries to, to give you search results that are local to you so there was a time where if you typed in restaurant into google you'd get a list of the top ranked google restaurants possibly around the country yeah um, whereas now if you type in if you just type in restaurant it would actually use your location to find you restaurants close to you and again it uses those those signs such as the reputation of the restaurant as to what appears at the top so again it's kind of managing your online reputation helps you get found online okay
0: yeah brilliant so I think, um, James, I think that, you know, is important, the rated side of things, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and obviously
3: how they can yeah react to that, um, those those bad negative reviews, turn them into positives. Obviously, they're going to continue
2: yeah. to improve their service, aren't they? Yeah, so how long has your company been going? Uh, we were founded in January 2015. Um, yeah. We probably spent the first 18 months actually developing the product and getting it right. Um, so we've actually been so sort of the pl- the platform first went live in the middle of 2016 um and then with a bit of sort of testing really sort of hit the market in sort of September of last year
0: okay and is it a um subscription service a monthly payment yeah or?
2: so it's a monthly subscription um and businesses will just sign up and it's a it's a monthly rolling contract okay uh, and they'll sign up to use it on a, on a sort of monthly basis
0: and do you see self-expanding or improving the product? What areas are you looking at? Yeah, at I mean,
2: we're constantly trying to trying to improve it and think of new things that will that will actually help customers managing their online reputation. So yeah. we're always adding new features. We're always thinking of new ideas. Um, and the idea is to grow it. Obviously, to, to actually start looking at the bigger chains as well. Because at the moment we're working with some smaller chains, um, but obviously this could be for someone with one restaurant or one shop. But it could be for a chain of two or three hundred it could work for, for yeah. anybody
0: it's almost like a dashboard it's similar to a social media dashboard where you're just receiving uh yeah, the exactly. Im- information in really and the
2: thing is if you've got more more um restaurants or more uh, shops in a chain um it gives you actually that ability to compare one against the other so um what we find with chains is that there's often underperforming um locations right and this dashboard can show you what those locations are and you can obviously then delve in and find out why they're underperforming
0: a particular so areas, yeah, yeah so
2: it's, it's giving the analytics to actually make a change to the business
0: and how hard has that been to geolocate where the comments are coming from
2: um it's again it's based on location of the, so it's the reviews for those locations so yeah. if you've got um 10 stores throughout london or throughout the southeast um obviously each store has its own review site page So all the reviews for that store then come into our dashboard. So you can then look at each store against the other.
0: Okay. That sounds really interesting, James. Yeah,
2: Yeah. brilliant. Okay. Well,
0: thanks for that. Um, You're going to stick around for the rest of the show. Yeah. But now uh, we are going to go to our favourite bit of the show, which is actually the unboxing. (laughs) So James is here with the box. Um we all get involved in this, it's a bit of fun. So we don't know what's in the box and uh James is now gonna unwrap it yes. and see what we got. Complete surprise. Danny, uh producer
3: has sourced this and it is a smartphone projector.
0: Okay. That's mm. yeah, what all right. Hell. What is that then? Well we'll, we'll find out. So first of um, all, what do you think of the packaging?
2: Ian? It's not bad. It's quite plain actually. Yeah, a bit it doesn't really, doesn't really leap out at you, does the it? Very
3: black and white. Quite like this bit actually. You can measure your phone. So in the store, you can see if it's if it's the right size. What's um, the What do you mean the right size? Oh, what to so fit into? Of the... your actual phone, yeah. Okay. So that well, that's the maximum phone size measurement. So let's
0: have a look. What else uh, what, what do you think? Yeah. I,
4: I, the packaging. I can see what they're trying to do. It. it they're trying to make it look futuristic, but if for some reason, I'm feeling it like it's a little bit old-fashioned.
1: Yeah,
0: it is a bit. Yeah, Jeremy,
1: um, it's quite dark. I can just see it the is. word projector and a thing that looks like a projector, but it only on one side. Yeah. is it clear that it says smartphone? Yeah. it's a cool idea, but yeah, it's not immediately obvious of what it is. No, so so I
0: actually think the front of it is a little bit. It's it's there's too much going on really. It needs to be more simple.
3: It looks a bit like one of the those sort of mobile VR headsets. So you think we have to put our phone in, and then it will okay. project out. Um, so let's open it up and have a look.
1: That sellotape makes it looks like yeah. second hand. <laughs> I
3: think someone's been at it already. Uh, that oh. was probably Danny having a player yeah, on really <laughs> yeah.
0: So we don't have a failure <laughs> yeah. like normal. Oh, right. <laughs> Batteries are included this time. Um <laughs> Not sure. So James is opening the box. Kay. So uh, pull out the packaging and see what we got. It's like Christmas. Yeah, it's quite large.
3: Yes, there's some instructions, Steve. Did you want to have a look
0: through those? Uh, not particularly, no. <laughs> if, if I have to. So it's a very simple, let me just put my glasses on, we've got very, very simple instructions. For the best results, using a dark room, project onto a flat white surface, turns smartphone screen brightness up to 100% before projecting. Okay. So that's what it says. And, yeah, basically, yeah, it's just a projector thing. You pop it in, and uh, use it it's pretty plasticky isn't it yeah it looks like mirror in there i'll pass this round if you guys and have a
2: have a quick look yeah it's actually quite light compared to
0: yes it's not exactly uh yeah i haven't spent a lot on the plastic cover no it
2: does seem a bit
0: uh let me see if i can turn the brightness on my phone right up Wow.
4: Okay. This looks like you don't want to drop this. No, it's uh, gonna. It <laughs> definitely pieces. gonna break, isn't it? But it looks like it's designed for kids, maybe rather than serious you kind know, of adults. I don't know whether the yeah. price point reflects. Well, reflects if you were
0: doing a, if you were doing a presentation, I think I don't think you want to pull that out, would you? So I'm just going to put my PowerPoint on the uh, on the
1: wall. No, it's kind of got. Um, nasa space shuttle coloration and it looks like it could re-enter orbit and uh, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of white with black trim <laughs> yeah. i'm amazed it doesn't have any power source so it's literally just running off your phone with this so basically it's lens a plastic, in the middle. yes it's a plastic yeah. box with a lens on it i think a parrot could have really good fun with this yeah it's got a mirror on the inside it's having a little play shall
0: we try it let's see if my phone will fit in. so
3: it does have a phone charging point as well does it and really headphone like... access but i think it's just a port where you can plug it into your
1: actual phone Oh, so you lay your phone down flat and the mirror makes it project out the front?
0: Yeah, basically. We need to turn the lights off in the studio, though. Done. There we go. Lights are off nearly. Uh,
1: You're on full brightness?
0: I'm on
3: full
2: brightness.
0: On the phone? So
3: there's, you know, there's a little stand as well that you can pull out at the front just yeah, below. There. Um. That is... It should be. F- yeah, that's the focus control.
0: We need a wall to project it on. Yeah, James, don't move. Just stand there. <laughs> or maybe this <laughs> bit of paper. <laughs> oh, that actually, yeah, good idea.
2: Good
4: thinking.
0: Shove it in the front there, James. I was
2: gonna say, I wonder what they thought when the when the phone automatically locks itself. and ah, <laughs> it's going to just go off, <laughs> he's isn't to get back yeah. in there, yeah. Um,
0: so it's. Danny, it's, do you want to turn the other light off?
3: So something is, before the flash no, no, came no,
0: no. on, <laughs> <laughs> we could see, uh, so yeah, you should need to unfocus. So I'm twiddling the uh, the knob on top to try and focus my phone.
2: Um, you can't really make out what's on the bit of paper. No, not know? at all. Oh, oh, hold there on. we go. There yeah. we go. Oh, the timer, yeah. Here? Do you want to turn it off, mate? Oh,
0: Sorry. Danny's got his light on the video, <laughs> and it's it means we. Well, basically, you can see
2: the timer going, can't you? Yeah, remember? yeah. But it's it is poor quality. Sh- oh, there Oop. we go. Okay. that's not quite. Yeah. Can you see that?
3: It's, it's on its side, video. though, isn't it? Should it be sideways?
0: Well, it won't go. or it won't orientate on timer, will it? No. If it was a. Oh, so it, a it has, has to be yeah. something backwards. that's maybe yeah landscape. Yeah. Put, put on a video,
1: maybe. Uh, yes. So you need to make sure your phone doesn't lock. Put it on full brightness. And confirm the aspect ratio.
0: Yeah. And, and then and make sure it. the room is pitch tell, black. Okay. Jeremy. what well, I'll tell you what yeah. it could do. You could just look at the screen on your phone actually.
1: Uh, I'm trying to do that through the lens, but it's quite hard. Um, so I love the idea. It's just not quite right.
4: What's the purpose of it? Is it so that everyone can share what's on your phone or you can sit in bed with your phone and watch Twitter on a
0: monitor on the screen? I have no, no idea. <laughs> Should we turn the lights back on? He's going to put a video on for us. Oh, is he? Yeah. Do you know what? Is it
4: to share photos? Like a slideshow for your grandparents or something?
0: I have no idea.
2: I was going to say, you wouldn't want something with sound because you wouldn't be able to hear it, would you, really? No. No, it, you
3: can plug your headphones in. So, yeah, I guess it's just So I suppose you that's could plug not your plug a slightly bigger screen in. if you haven't got an yeah. iPad.
0: <laughs> James, I hate to tell you this, so I can't get my phone out. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Did we measure it up before? Do you want me to have a look? oh you did say it was I'm breakable ra- earlier so <laughs> oh,
0: <you> can... now <laughs> no, i can't get it. oh no. no hang on don't stop the timer <laughs> else we won't know where we are
1: but i feel I'm... as though we're slating it it's actually a really good idea but it's just not quite it, right oh, no. yeah that, it is <laughs> Have you it's stopped a great idea i just
3: can't get the phone out this does
2: seem like something that's still in prototype mode doesn't it rather than actual product
1: but I can Mate. see this being a really good novelty Christmas gift, as long as you didn't have the chance to try it.
2: <laughs> and as long as your phone doesn't
1: get stuck. Maybe I shouldn't have put my phone in there.
2: <laughs> Should we have a look at that later? <laughs>
1: you can just uh, hold it up to your I'll face when it you make and make phone calls. Yeah. Oh, look, it's a phone hold holder. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: a bit like Danny's um, phone case. There we go. I'll just leave it in there for like that one.
0: Well. Yeah. So it. They takes... tried. Cost us. It, it is, yes.
1: It's a bit like that, isn't it? I
0: suppose, in a way, the idea is quite good, but it really isn't. Well, what do you think, Jeremy?
1: It it works. It put the numbers of the timer on the piece of paper, and the slightly the wrong way around, but it worked quite well, I thought. Yeah. I um, suppose it did, yeah. Simple, but effective. Yeah, okay. Irony?
0: Um,
4: I think it works. It works for what it is. I think the price point obviously needs to reflect it. Yeah. I would be able to I could see that that would sell but it would have to be at the right price point probably as one of those christmas presents that you give to your 12 year old or something to mess about
0: with and break by boxing day
2: Possibly. Possibly. When your phone gets stuck. Ian. I, I just think it's one it, it's it's good it does what it says it does but how practical is it? I mean who's going to use it really? I mean you might use it wow. once and then think oh, I'll put it what, back in what the What would
0: you use it for, James?
3: I don't yeah. know. Uh, yeah, if you didn't have an iPad, you spent hours and hours of your time in your bedroom. What would you do with it? <laughs> you could, yeah, watch uh, a video. But slightly. then you could watch it on the screen. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's quite novelty, isn't it? Mm. I don't think. Yeah, the practical uses are quite, yeah, no, very useful. Okay,
0: no. so uh, we're going to ask producer Danny. He's going to give us the. Uh, uh, you're not going to give us the price though, because we can. First of all, we're going to guess the price. What would you pay for that?
1: What would I pay for it? What do I think that it, it's charged for? Okay, well, let's What do you think it, the cost of it is? I think it's eight ninety nine. Harsh.
4: Um, I would say that's fifteen pounds.
2: Fifteen pounds. I reckon nineteen ninety nine. Okay, James. Um,
0: I'd say ten pounds. Ten pounds. I, I'm going to go four ninety nine. Wow. Yeah. Max. Ouch. Okay, so there's not a lot of um, detail on this one.
3: So we've got a projector that goes up to 40. It's a 40-inch projector is what it says. Um, it's targeted at um, sort of children. So if they're out in the tent having a sleepover, that sort of remit. So I think someone mentioned about 11, 12 years old, 10-year-old. Right. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, so someone did actually get the price correct. So it wasn't the four ninety-nine. dollars 99 unfortunately. <laughs> um, it was
0: nineteen ninety-nine. Plus the cost of an iPhone. You are <laughs> twenty quid for a plastic box. I'm just trying to break it, actually, Danny. While you're here, <laughs> ah, I may have found how to get my phone out. Way there we go. Ah, uh. done.
1: byro not included. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So uh the only question left is, James, uh, does it rock or will it go back in the box?
1: Oh i'm not sure it make it out of the box uh, <laughs> uh i think it has potential to rock but for me it's keeping it in the box yeah
4: yeah I, I i'm i'm with you on that i think it has potential for the right age range
1: yeah
4: um which i have an eight-year-old daughter so possibly something for her at christmas time to look at for a few days It could, it could work
0: yeah cheap cheap and cheerful little present maybe yeah not yeah. so cheap for what it actually is. No, really. for, <laughs> I think I think $19. yeah, I think
2: if it was cheaper it might be a good present, but not for twenty pound no. though. No, I'm
0: with you on that. Uh, yeah, back in the box for me as well. Back in the box with me. So yeah, that's it. I think it came down to price actually, don't you? Yeah, and yeah, and what it actually is. Well, that's it. Let's throw that away, Danny. <laughs> Do you reckon you send it back or not? I don't think they'd accept it. I don't think that what after we shoved the pen in it to get my phone out. Uh, anyway um that's it James yes that wasn't can't room. wait to see what next week's product yeah is. I can't either so that's it <laughs> it won't beat that no anyway <laughs> let's move on to our next guest and E. welcome to the show thanks for joining us tell us a little bit about your company
4: firstly thank you for having me um yeah. so um, I'm CEO and co-founder of an award-winning ed tech company um, called Pepadicity. We're based in London and Chicago. Okay. My co-founder is in Chicago. And we focus on bringing science, technology, engineering, arts and maths, STEAM subjects to life using augmented reality. So we've recently launched our augmented reality app called yeah. Augmentify It. Yeah, I
0: downloaded it, as I said, so yeah. I know, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's out on the App Store at the moment. It'll be coming to Google Play. Um, quite soon, um, within the next couple of weeks. And um, we launched um, our first product, it's a debut product, it's Augmented Reality Space Cards, which can be found now on Amazon UK um, since the 3rd of July. Okay. And anyone using the app, they have to kind of use Augmentify products to make the app work. But it's the first augmented reality app that is solely focused on um, bringing science, technology, engineering, arts, maths to life and will always be our sole focus. We know there's lots of other companies out there that do lots of other things. And we might work with big companies in the future, but they need to have kind of a social responsibility that's to do with STEM and STEAM. Um, And we're also the first um, AR app to have a quiz element inside it and it's an infinitely scalable quiz which means we can keep adding quiz questions into the app um, at no extra cost to the user so once they've bought say the pack um, a pack of cards whatever augmented reality cards um, they will get a refresh on their on their toy it's kind of a tech toy that grows
0: right so uh, lots of technology going on there how did you come about to develop that
4: Right. So um, we founded our company in September 2015 and um, I met my co-founder on Twitter. Would you believe it? (laughs) And um, we kind of were talking about kind of work projects and we found out very quickly that we were very interested in very similar things, which is getting kids excited about STEM and STEAM. And so we formed this company, but then we kind of battered around for about a year, kind of various brand ideas of what we should do. Augmented reality was there kind of as, a, as an idea that we need to develop this. Um, we also looked at virtual reality. So we messed around with Google Cardboard as well yep. and um, tested that out. And then thought, well, actually, one of the better kind of things for us in terms of access for kids and in terms of price point as well as augmented reality and um so we thought right we're going to focus on ar and um come september 2016 we split our roles quite clearly clearly defined roles after kind of getting some advice so uh my other half is a software developer Right, and he does um, stuff with NASA social. He gets to go off and do fun stuff like watch rocket launches and things like that. Right, and he does a lot of Twitter and social media. But um, he is kind of the tech, the tech brains, I would say. In this, um, my background is ex BBC science and BBC education, and I um, studied science. I did biochemistry, genetics, and I've got a master's in neuroscience. So. Um, I'm kind of the more the content um, person. And um, I'm also a STEM ambassador for a UK charity called STEM Learning. Right. So um, my focus is purely this love of science and I love space as well. So we decided that we're going to create something with AR to bring these subjects to life, just bring everything together. So in September 2016, we thought, right, that's what we're going to do so we focused and by the end of last year Mm -hmm. um, we did a augmented reality trail um, at a museum a science museum for children in chicago actually and that went down well we trialed that and we'd been in test flight with the app since then, so probably a good six, six seven months okay. we were in test flights. So we kind of really tested it out and then released it only in June, July.
0: So you've got um, the, the pack of cards you've developed. have obviously got some form of watermark or the, some form of recognition software within the app so it can see what it is or it triggers further content. Is that how it works?
4: So augmented reality um, blends kind of the, the physical and the digital worlds together. So um, when you open the app and you point it at something that's been augmentified in our case, um, it is it works on image recognition. So there's something that kind of the technology in the app recognizes with those products yep. that brings um, extra content alive in those products. Mm-hmm. Um, So the user it's not just kind of what what you see in the physical product So you if you go into say a shop like Waterstones You might pop in and you might see a pack of cards But you can't point your phone at them and bring them alive They're just the facts are on the cards and that's it So we just thought we're gonna go one step extra and because I've got this TV background as well I just thought I want to put extra content in there. What else can we do?
0: Yeah, so um the first product you've got is is it a space uh space learning type it is package? space it's all about space so tell us about how, what some of the details you've put on there and some of the things that people can see and interact with tell us a little bit about that
4: so um the pack um it's a 24 card pack um it's got um 19 cards which has got image targets the rest of The rest of the pack is, um, there's extra facts, there's glossary, there's ways to play, hows to play. There's tips for parents, carers, teachers, and instructions on how to download. And we've kept the pack quite um, up to date and relevant. So some of the cards that you're going to find in there are gravitational waves, for instance. Now, we know that gravitational waves are invisible, so it's quite hard. How do we see them? But we can... um, um, we've kind of provided a visual of what they essentially feel like. So gravitational right. waves are if you took a pebble and threw it into a pond and you get the ripples of the pond kind of going outwards, that's what gravitational waves essentially are. And it's when two black holes in, spin around each other and kind of merge and yeah. boom. Yeah, It's like ripples going through space. Okay. And gravitational waves was something that was kind of discovered kind of... Um, Einstein predicted there was the existence of gravitational waves, and they saw for the first time that gravitational waves exist, I think it was about September 2015, and it's been in the news all this year. And another one is the um, one of the moons of Saturn, Enceladus. We've put that in right. as well, because that's recently just been found to have an, an ocean just under the surface so what we've done with the cards is and then we've got all obviously everything in the solar system which is Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, everything and um, there's a lot of detail we've had a lot of feedback already from parents and teachers and they've been impressed with the level of detail that's on the planets. Like, wow, you can see the big red spot of Jupiter and Yeah,
0: what it, it, what is it and more yeah. details about it, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
4: And each each card is kind of it's kind of um, it's got all the facts about the planets, kind of key facts on the back. And um, there's more in the pack. And when you bring the card to life, you can also press a button with a play quiz. And up pops a multiple choice quiz and you can have fun. And, you know, we created this for, for kids and kind of primary age. But then we have had teachers from year seven and year eight saying we can use this in class. Right. But I've also played it um, around drinks, like glass of wine with adults yeah. in the evening as well. <laughs> yeah. And they've really loved it yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, that no, sounds fantastic.
3: So you're just mentioning about it being sort of primary school targeted with the... Um, capability of adding in extra questions is there the option to i guess to bring in sort of a a key stage three key stage four even sort of university level um detail with the with the additional facts you can bring in about each um topic
4: um i wouldn't um jump to university detail it is curriculum friendly um and um the 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 highest level we'll probably go to is kind of that year seven year eight yeah but it's a pack that will grow with the child as well, obviously. So even, you know, there's something for everyone in it. And we wanted to start with space because, you know, we can't all go to space right now. But if we can bring space to us, yeah. suddenly you'll see planet Earth in your living room, in your classroom, in Starbucks. You know, if you want a bit of peace and quiet and you want your kids to play, they're having educational screen times as, as well.
3: Yeah. And, and, sorry. Change uh, what, what other sort of subjects would you like to, to
0: move into?
4: Oh, we have got other subjects, but I'm not allowed to talk
0: okay. about oh, them right now. Okay, no worries. <laughs> but very much uh, focusing on uh, science, technology, English and maths, is that e- Engineering, Engineering, maths. okay. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm a bit more engineering biased, so I'd, I'd, right. I'd love, a, you know, something about inventions over the centuries or something like that, that'd be right. great as well. If you could put that up on uh, Amazon for me, that'd be brilliant.
4: Well, <laughs> my co-founder <laughs> co- studied engineering as well, right, so he's okay. an engineer by trade,
0: yeah. And, and um... Lots of kids struggle with actually pouring through the written word, don't they? Let's be honest. Was, I couldn't, you know, when I was at school, there was nothing worse than sitting there working your way through some boring textbook. Sure. Trying to distill out information. That's why I <laughs> yeah. left when I was <laughs> 16. Before, James. before computers. It was, was Yeah, studio? there were no computers, yeah. James. You didn't need to say that, <laughs> did you? But um, having a visual image is so important, isn't it? And one that you can interact with.
4: Yeah, I mean, we, what we thought, we thought there's a lot of infographics. I love infographics out there. I love visual learning. And um, we thought STEM, STEAM, there's this whole kind of thing in the news about there's not enough What's the kids. difference
0: what What's the difference between STEM and STEAM? What?
4: So the difference between STEM and STEAM is that extra A, and oh, the right. A is for arts. Right, okay. And actually, I've got a science background, but I went into the creative industry as well. So I'm yeah. kind of that kind of that STEAM focus more than STEM. Um, But yeah, a lot of people are kind of going on about there's not um, enough students kind of going into these jobs. And a lot of jobs in the future are gonna need STEM and STEAM kind of um, qualifications. So how do you switch students onto these subjects? We thought, well, you can capture their attention and increase their engagement using um, technology because a lot of our students now, They're tech savvy. They've got iPads at home. They might be messing around with their parents' phone. So let's speak to them in a language that they understand instead of just slapping a book in front of them and just get them engaged, having a look at something visual and then playing. Another thing is we've developed it as a play-to-learn approach. Because you you learn more if you're playing. So, you don't so even know more. you're playing. Yeah, you're you in, don't even know you're learning. No, you don't.
0: I mean, I think you're yeah. you're effectively playing, but you're yeah. actually taking information all the time, aren't you? Yeah. Um, so, how hard has it been to um, convert what you had as an idea into into a product? How difficult has that been for you? Oh.
4: I don't know, I haven't really thought about that very much. Um,
0: so some of the tech, because um, a lot of our listeners are young tech companies who may be right. looking at taking stuff to market. For instance, how hard was it to get your things listed on Amazon, for instance, and actually packaged up, produced, and then put, put to the marketplace? Okay. Has that been hard?
4: Okay, so um, Amazon has been a little bit challenging, I have to say. I'm sorry, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> 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 um and it took about a good month of toing and froing to just get every little nitty gritty little bit right, right before we put it on. And we still kind of, we're still going to update images. We still haven't got it kind of perfect as we right. want it, and it's going to be constantly evolving. But uh, the. Yes, you've got to kind of follow certain rules and regulations. And even your barcode on your product, it's got to be Amazon friendly.
0: Okay, it's got to be cleared by them and approved or something. Yeah, yeah. so
4: um, there's, there's another kind of institution that um, like sells, you've got to kind of become a member. They sell barcodes, you get a thousand barcodes, but you can get Amazon friendly barcodes. Right. So there's, I tell you what, when you're doing a product, you have to spend A lot of money as a starter, even though you're bootstrapping, you're bootstrapping, but you've got to spend in order to create and make and then hope that you're going to break even at some point.
0: I'm assuming to produce the cards, to get them designed, then printed, then to the mark, you know, package. That's quite an investment you've put in there, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, Yeah. both
4: of us, because obviously technology isn't cheap either. No,
0: no. And, And... how did you go about sourcing the suppliers for that? That must have been quite difficult as well, i.e. I- the best value, but the best quality.
4: So um, are you talking in terms of the cards? Yes, yeah, the actual printing so material. So the cards I um, kind of put a call out to about four different printers, including including a company that um, I'd gone into the stores and seen kind of cards. i looked at kind of what I, I'd bought for yep. my own child and thought, if I can find the printers for this or that or that. And kind of, it it just took a lot of research, but I still got in a lot of quotes as well from four different people and then picked the one that I thought worked for us.
3: James? Uh, Yeah, just coming back to the usability of the app with with your co-founder in in Chicago. Is there a difference in the, is the product aimed at both US and UK um, school children? Yes, it
4: is. And this is actually a conversation that we're having at the moment as well. So we've got kind of links into schools there as well. About the language mm. and whether we need to change the spelling, yep. especially for and at the moment, it's kind of well. This is Oxford English Dictionary English, yeah. and they do have British schools over there as well. So it's 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 gonna it's gonna come out as we use it, I think, over there.
3: And then could it be adapted into different languages, translated and and used across the world in other countries as well?
4: We've been asked that before. Mm. I don't know whether it's kind of worth. Um, the, the the effort and yeah. the cost of doing that um, to us because you know a lot of those um, countries that don't speak English as their first language are trying to learn English and it might actually help them
0: increase that yeah. We, yeah. yeah 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 I mean the market for it's huge isn't it I mean there's so many different subjects that you could look at as well as um, the sort of more educational visit type, or augmenting a visit to, let's say, a, a museum or a, a zoo or any public attraction, actually. Sure. Uh, provided you've got, assume it's a Wi Fi based connectivity. Yes. Provided you've got that, you can give more information or augmented information. Yes. Yeah. So exactly. you could do it. You could you could go to London Zoo and just click on a sign there and learn more from what what's available and actually interact or have a quiz or anything else.
4: Yeah exactly um augmented reality the world is um suddenly opened up a lot more and i think kind of there's so much potential with it and everyone focuses on their different areas and their different niches and you could you could just kind of your head would explode the number of potential ways you could use it but yeah we'll always be focused with that stem steam kind of element
0: yeah okay well, that was brilliant, yeah. So where can we find more information on the product and what's it What's it called on the Apple Store and Android, yeah?
4: Okay, um, on um, the App Store and coming soon to Android, it's called Augmentify It. Yep. And um, on Amazon UK, if you just search the words Augmentify It, it will come up. Um, our website is com. And if you put in augmentify com, you will come to a page which is still part of PBDisti at the moment, but we're currently working on the website, separate website for
0: okay. Augmentify it. Fantastic. Well, best of luck. And as I say, thank you. Um, it, it'd be great to hear how you got on in a year's time. Eh, James? Yeah, definitely to see the, yeah. Yeah, the journey, yeah. and the oh, progression. Fantastic. fantastic. Thank oh, you so much. I've
4: got one more thing. Yeah, please Twitter.
3: do.
0: Oh, yeah. Twitter.
4: We love Twitter. I mean, we met on Twitter. So do we. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, not James and I. We, <laughs> <didn't> we? <laughs>
4: So, there is an at augmentify it and at peepadisti and at Logan on on Twitter and my co founder at brett73. Okay, fantastic. Well,
0: thank you for joining us. It's really great to hear about your product. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So, James, we're now going to move on to uh, our uh, last guest of the show. Yep, Jeremy King uh, from Attest. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. You've sat there patiently listening.
1: It's been a lot of fun, yeah, learning a lot.
0: Um, tell us a bit about your your company.
1: Um, we're a two-year-old startup, and we're in the consumer insight technology business. Um, okay. Everywhere around the country right now, there's businesses guessing what consumers want, what they feel, what they're looking for, how they should price things, what people need, how things are changing, what yep. your competitors are doing. Um, so there's this huge unmet need for companies to understand what consumers are looking for we fill that gap um we're a new startup in this space we make it really easy to set up research show it to people receive results analyze them and share them Um, and lots of companies are already using it and they use it for things like new product design innovation creative testing tracking competition understanding trends in the market all sorts of things Um,
0: because yeah there's nothing worse to me than getting another boring old questionnaire coming through or would you just take this survey and and when they go if it's more than two minutes I, I'm not going to do it and uh, you know sort of this will take 15 minutes you know
1: you're joking it's not going to take anything because I'm not going to do it yeah you've you... on our secret sauce is that, is, yeah. that, <laughs>
0: is that the sort of thing companies are trying to overcome
1: yeah so so there's sort of two problems in this world one is uh, companies want to do far more research but there's no way to actually do it we solve that problem and the other problem is it's really hard to get people to engage or participate if you make it feel like work if you make it feel ugly or invasive or as though it's sort of a test of your time Impatience, then you lose the most valuable people like you Um, so we need to make it work for many different reasons in many different channels make it modern and convenient like it's checking cricket scores or chatting on whatsapp and that's how you get more people involved in supplying research which again feeds the demand so we do both those things with a it's a a sas platform it's a interface for companies interfaces for real people to engage and we just link those two things together so my, when I was at school I worked in a, a call center that was doing oh, wow. research and that was
3: um that was always fun. Uh, the pain. Yeah. yeah. Cuz obviously you're phoning up in the evening everyone's just getting home having their dinner it's never really a convenient time but I guess with your service um yeah people can go they're not they're not pressed to to a 5 minute window when they have to do it they can do it whenever they want mm. on the train on the way to work that sort of thing and it just yeah like, m- more convenient for them.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And the whole goal is to make it easier for companies to avoid getting and make better decisions. So we saw recently Dove released that campaign where they had the bottles of um, shampoo, I think, shaped like women's bodies. And there was just absolutely huge backlash. People hated it. I thought it was a really good idea. My wife mm-hmm. thinks I'm an idiot for mm-hmm. thinking that. Um, uh, but... If they'd just had the chance to test that with only 10 people, they would have seen this like visceral reaction about how much people dislike that as an idea, let alone executing it. If they'd had the chance to test it, it would have worked really well for Unilever. Yeah.
0: So, how does it actually work? Tell us a little bit about the details of, of trying to get the feedback for people. And do you have a set panel? Do you have a set people? Or is it just a subscription? How does it actually work?
1: Yeah. So, for, for companies, um, it's basically free to try to use. Um okay. whenever you want to you can start using it in the next 10 seconds if you so choose. Um, you create the research, decide exactly who it's shown to, you receive the results in real time and you can analyze them and share them. We have a lot of built-in tools. Um, and then for the people that respond, we build it so it works in any online channel. About 80% is done on mobile um and we build many different reasons for many different types of people some people do it because they want to learn some people because they want to see what happens some people because they want to feel important or powerful some because they want to feel challenged like Buzzfeed does that really well so we try to hit all those different reasons to get more people in because then you remove that problem of bias that you mentioned around the call center yeah. where it's people who are at home have a landline at 5 p.m and are happy to answer mm-hmm. your research yeah. which is exactly right minimal as yeah. a scientist i hate that Um, So how do
0: you ensure you've got a a very varied profile or the correct profile? How does that work?
1: Yeah, I don't think that problem is 100% solvable, Um, but simply by having more than one reason and more than one channel, we're already immediately better than the vast majority of research services out there. and because it's all automated and because we don't have any people involved, it's much quicker. No. So you pick the audience you want yourself. Uh, and we show what, you by any age,
0: w- gender or other criteria, basically anything, right. um,
1: anything that you can target in any social media channel or sort of any demographics you want to pick. You can show what you want to any combination of different types of people um, and only they will see it So, uh, and if it's things that we can't do we show it to you so if you try to research people who are over 80 on our platform it will show you can only research about 50 you can research 50 but you can't research 51 (laughs) (laughs) but if you wanted uh, it's, it's best used right now for Millennials young professionals affluent uh, middle-aged people that's sort of our sweet spot right now and we can reach 50 more thousand people like that um, pretty much any time um, most companies only ever really want to research about a thousand works very well
3: okay is there any um, sort of benefit or incentive for those
1: actually participating in the the surveys yeah we work around those five things I mentioned um, the feeling of contributing so one example of that is a uh, uh, one of our clients is Fevertree. Um, they used our platform to test different versions of some big posters they were gonna put out. Uh, and we showed the people that helped build that campaign the real result in Clapham Junction Station. And they thought that was amazing. They felt as they built it and they love just seeing what happens. But that's only a certain type of people, about 20% of people. Um, second group is people who want to learn. Um, they want to see how they fit into the world. That's really good for us for people sharing organically between each other. Um, the third one is rewards. A bit like I give Google Maps my location. I get Google Maps for free. We sort of run a similar new deal. Uh, we let the companies give you some of the value that you create for them. Fourth is power, uh, being the most vocal or important voice in the room. We constantly tell you how awesome you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the fifth one we're working on is challenge. Uh, only true sushi levels can get 19 out of 20 in this test. Sort of lovingly okay. inspired by Buzzfeed. Um, which one are you? Uh,
3: the, I don't know, the contributing one maybe? Mm. Seeing the end products and, and knowing that my um, opinion has, has sort of molded that a bit.
1: Mm.
0: I'd want a reward
3: <laughs> of some sort.
1: Yeah. Not sushi, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's different reasons for different people yeah. in different channels at different times. That's the secret. Do you ever give feedback, Ian? Do you ever do much?
2: Uh, I do, yeah. Obviously, because we're based around feedback and reviews, <coughs> we do a lot of feedback. Yeah. And again, I think I quite lean towards the reward side of things. If they're giving you something in return, it's sometimes worth doing. So, Only? Do, you do?
4: Yeah, it's the reward, isn't it? It Every is, time. I think, yeah, me think, too, yeah. yeah.
2: I want something out of it.
1: So we find that's only about twenty percent of people. Okay. Um interesting mix among the room. And
0: is it is there a span of attention that you need to to sort of keep keep within?
1: Yeah, we we work on under the rule of seven-minute magic. Uh, so you is said it? two, yeah, which is... So yeah. yeah, I'm not very good at um, But we show you exactly how long things would take. So if you're in a coffee queue and you can see there's four people ahead of you, you can say, great minute, lovely, do it. Do it um, yeah. If you're on a train for half an hour, you can do a couple of seven-minute things. Um, but we show you that, and we cap the amount you can do in a single day to uh, three times seven minutes. Okay, so... You, you push the information out to the people? We never push. Okay, it's so all how does it... organic, people arriving by themselves. We never sent an email. We never sent a text message. Really? Uh, it's just motivated by one of those things. People arrive and are happy to do it for one and of those how reasons. And how would
0: they hear about? it? So how do you publicize what you do?
1: Therein lies the secret. Okay, uh, so we find that. them, right, uh, okay. and they help to find each other. So tell us how that works. (laughs) Um, So again, we're into a sort of scientific sample bias problem. So we have to use many different acquisition methods and those many propositions in the many different channels. Okay. And by mixing those things together, um, things like user get user campaigns, things like social media, things like some above the line advertising, built around those five propositions, we can get all sorts of different people. Um, And again, any bias it does create, we show it to the clients and they're happy with it. Okay. Okay. So what
0: do, what's some of the mistakes that people have made that you've seen and what advice would you give to companies that are trying to get feedback on something new or some new campaign? What do you see?
1: Yeah, so it's, it's very easy to get carried away and make long surveys that um, you send out to people that you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if you create long surveys, a lot of busy people um, won't do it. Um, they'll start and they'll drop out or they won't start at all yep. and if you make it feel like work and you say please help me with my project and you send it to them by an email it'll feel like you're asking them to sort of do you a favour Yeah. Um, and that gets you I mean it's great if that gets you your real customers but it's quite unlikely that the people who actually do it are the ones you want
0: the other thing that annoys me is that they'll say alright right, we'll rate it one to ten you know one being yeah. rubbish you go one because it was rubbish and then they go yeah but why and they won't let you you, you they they almost make you write something, yeah. Um, uh, there's again. some
1: there's some real simple mistakes. so not letting people have the ability to skip things or explain why they're skipping. Mm. So even if, if in that example, if you let someone say, "I'm not going to answer this," and then you say, "You asked me an absolutely ridiculous question here," and I'm don't not going to tell you why because your survey is terrible. You should give people a chance to tell you that. Mm. We call it pressure release, uh, and so that feedback is almost more valuable than the question they didn't answer. Yeah. Uh, all the way through to keeping it bite-sized, keeping it convenient, and it's all anonymous. So that's crucial as well in a. In an age where uh, data privacy and consent is increasingly constrained, you need to look after people and make sure that they feel as though what they're saying kind of is helpful but isn't attributable to them. And that gives people a lot of freedom. So herein lie a few very subtle things that if you just get them slightly right, you suddenly open up a whole tap of input. And that's what we're trying to make possible. Yeah.
0: But there's also lots of ways of getting feedback without asking customers isn't there Mm. so you can get people to rate images you know like with fashion for instance i know there's quite a few apps that are coming now that where you rate something i you know whether you like it or not that can then go back to the manufacturer or the the company selling it to say actually that your most popular product is that Mm. Is that something you've seen or been involved with, or?
1: Yeah, a lot. So clients use us for testing images, testing ideas, testing texts, asking questions, getting people to click on things. Sort of any real experience, um, we can make it happen, uh, or the platform makes it happen. So we see a lot of that happening. Um, Tends to be uh, with us. Clients are very good at researching the customers have already got what they want and what they're missing is. Being able to understand the customers they need, the customers they don't have.
0: Yeah, because some of it can be, it's a barrier to you becoming a customer. What is it to get them in as a customer, yeah? Yeah,
1: and um, you would, I mean, let's take Just Eat an example. They're, Just Eat are really good at acquiring a certain type of customer to do a certain type of thing. What they're missing is everyone else, and therefore they have no ability to understand what everyone else wants. Mm. It's research and insight that lets them do that, uh, and that's where our product comes in.
0: Yeah. That no, sounds really good. James?
1: Yeah, I mean the turnaround time on it um,
3: compared to, I guess, traditional methods is is a real game changer in, mm. in the area, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's sort of the ability to bring cu- the voice of customers into any meeting. We could do one right now. Yeah. So do um, you,
0: obviously you've got some clever uh, stuff behind the scenes that's actually distilling the information down very quickly
1: yeah so we've we've got basically three parts an interface for companies to create receive analyze share so Uh, it's a
0: dashboard type of of thing exactly right
1: Um, uh, interfaces in many different ways for real people to click respond give feedback look at things behave Uh, and then a marketplace effectively links those two things together it works like a derivatives exchange Um, very very hard to do this in real time and to triage who sees what in which order and to do it in the right way but um, that's the other bit of secret sauce
0: yeah so so assume companies pay by search or research or whatever they want done yeah so there's some form of contracting going on there
1: yeah you pay by outcome so it's a bit like um it's a big uh, platform full of insight and people willing to do things um, and fantastic. then when you use it you pay for it and if you don't you don't yeah fantastic
0: well thank you so much for sharing where can we get more information
1: uh askatest.com A s k a t t e s t e s t dot com
0: let's do that again go
1: askatest.com a-s-k-a-t-t-e-s-t dot com
0: thank you ever so much for joining us been great thanks Jeremy thank you to all our guests we've had a great show Thank you, James, for joining us. Sorry, Steve. Thanks for having and, me. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Thank you.